Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And welcome to Believe in Celtics, brought to you by Bet Online. I am Warren Shaw. He is the great Gary Washburn, and we are your host and resource for everything Boston Celtics this season. Gary, fresh off the West Coast tripping. How are you, brother? How are you doing? Nice to be good. home. Yeah, good to be home. It's one of the longer trips they've had in recent year, 10 days, six games, and mm-hmm. obviously, uh, you know, a couple of time zones. So, yeah, but uh, good to be back, and obviously the Celtics now are home for the next two weeks to the first of the year and uh we'll see what kind of damage they can do with uh seven straight home games yeah longest trip of the season um you know it's 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 rough to kind of go out there um but they still have to go back out you know in that way to play some of those other fun west coast teams as well too but um yeah uh, our predictions uh you know we're a little bit off you know they got uh handed to them by Golden State and then really handed to them, I think, by, by the Clippers. But we'll get into that in a brief second. So first, we got to pay some bills, let you know all about the great bet online. And we'll be right back after that. Basketball is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news and game trends at bet online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, bet online features live betting, free contests and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back here now on Believe in Celtics. So Gary, let's just recap really quickly the West Coast trip. Um, your thoughts on there too. I I try to be bold and jump out the window and say that they would kind of kind of sweep it out and say six and no. My heart wasn't really in the Golden State one, but I was nah, nah, they're gonna do it. Um, but really kind of maybe a more disappointing loss against the Clippers to some degree. Kawhi played the best game of his best game of the season. First mm-hmm. time he scored 20 plus points in 500 days or something, something, something crazy like that, too. And then a just ridiculous, ridiculous back and forth game against the LA Lakers. You know, obviously the rivals out there in the purple and gold. Your thoughts from those three games, you know, maybe touching on Golden State kind of quickly, briefly, and then we'll move into LA, both LAs, you know, before we go to break again. Yeah, I thought it was a kind of a disappointing effort against the Warriors. The Warriors played uh, one of their better games of the season. I think they freely admitted that, that they defensively, they were on lockdown. Clay was you know, 2016 Clay, um, you know, Curry dropped his 30, uh, you know, ball, and, and the rest of the guys also did well. They just started from from the jump. Just the Celtics never really got control of the game. They had their chances, and, and then they rallied, and then they just kind of slipped 
uh, toward the end and then ended up just, you know, kind of throwing in the towel there. A disappointing effort considering Horn, you know, national TV, first ABC Saturday night game, rematch with the Warriors. The Celtics really wanted to make a good impression to their perception as the number one team in the league, and uh, they didn't. Jason Tatum just seemed like he wasn't quite there mentally, missed a couple of free throws, missed some really open looks, missed a open look, then uh, rebounded it, and then missed the layup, <laughs> the put-back layup. He just he couldn't buy anything. And, and, and the crazy part, as you know, Warren, you know, Andrew Wiggins was nowhere to be found. He was hurt. Exactly. He was yep. not in the game. So, you know, they it was Clay and a group of other guys, Draymond and other guys, that kind of d- d- shut him down. So uh, I thought an overall disappointing effort considering the circumstances, the fact that the Warriors, very good team at home, not a good team on the road, but a team that's still 500, a team that if you're the Celtics, you should win that game. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think more than anything else, the effort was disappointing. And again, not to really litigate it because by the time this show comes out, it's almost be be a week old, you know, from that game. But just you know, kind of doing our due diligence, due diligence here on Believe in Celtics. I think they did want it, maybe a little bit too much, um, and 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 that showed. Uh, I think you wanted to probably get some sort of, you know, not necessarily a mental edge, but maybe just overcome a little something on 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 the Celtics side, you know, by getting that. Um, so they'll get another chance here against Golden State here, I guess, next month. Um, let's tr- fast forward now to the Clippers game. So you and I had some spirited conversation about Kawhi, PG, et cetera, et cetera, their relation to Tatum and Brown. And, you know, even to some degree, Tatum and Brown passing those two, you know, in the hierarchy of kind of NBA duos. And that's still very true. But we did get some vintage Kawhi, you know, in this game. And the Clippers just did. I mean, uh, the Celtics just didn't look right. You know, really kind of from the jump as well, too. Clippers really kind of had control of that game throughout. What were your thoughts on that one, too, before we move on to the wildness that was the Laker game? Yeah. I mean, Warner, I thought that they would come into that game with some real fire, wanting to atone. And I think they played pretty good, you know, for about a quarter. And then suddenly they got uh, kind of sidetracked. And then the, the, the Clippers started making a big run. And then the, this, this, you know, they just held the trail by nine at halftime, and and you thought, okay, well, uh, and I think, this, I think the Celtics came out and cut it to, you know, hit a, hit a quick hoop, and it was like, okay, to open the third quarter, and like, okay, they're back, and I think the, the, then the Clippers went on like a 10-0 run, and all of a sudden the lead was 16, and you're just like, wow, like they're they're about to get blown away here, like they mm-hmm. don't, it seemed like they didn't have enough to make a big run and make a big rally uh, like they're capable of. And I just thought not only like Kawhi was very good, but Marcus Morris didn't miss, didn't seem like he, I think he was uh, eight for 10, something like that, seven for nine. In addition to Kawhi's 10 for 12, Paul George was not as efficient as those two guys, but he made some plays. And then just, I mean, you know, what was disappointing, Warren, was like the the officiating, not, not the officiating itself, but the Celtics reaction to it. You know, complaining about calls. Grant complained about a backcourt call. Luke Kennard just steps up, you know, mm-hmm. their be- their best three-point shooter and just knocks down an open three. Uh, an out-of-bounds play that they were thought that went off the Clippers and they were arguing their whole bench. And then suddenly there's Terrence Mann kind of sneaking right into the basket for inbounds layup. Like, stuff that's in- inexcusable, right? Like, get your head in the game. Stop worrying about, oh, we're getting screwed by the officials. And that type of thing. Referees are going to make bad calls. They're going to miss some things. 
They're not going to call all great games. And as we know, Warren, I mean, the, the, the Joey Crawfords and a lot of these great officials of now, Monty McCutcheons, and they've moved on. They're no longer, they're no longer in, in the game. You know, they're, they're, they're working with the league or something like that. So right. we got a lot of influx of new officials, inexperienced officials who are just not as good yet. You know, they haven't had the, the, the reps. They, you know, um, they've got guys in there you've never heard of, or you, you look at a media guide. Some of these guys are 30 years old. I mean, you know, you always viewed the officials in our day as the the kind of the 50-somethings and the 60-somethings. Right. But now some of these officials are 29, 30, 31 years old. Um, you know, so you got to give them a break, and you got to expect that they're going to miss calls. And you, if you're the Celtics, you got to be a mature enough a team because this is what they've done the last couple of years, to stop complaining during the damn game, complain at the timeout, uh, you know, do something. So I thought they lost their mental edge a little bit in that Clippers game, and then they got frustrated, and the Clippers never let up. The Clippers hit big shots. The Clippers, you know, defended well. You know, Brown I thought was solid. Tatum was not. Um, and so another disappointing loss considering two days after the, the Clippers get, uh, the Warriors game, you thought, okay, they're going to go in here. You know, the Clippers are coming off a long East Coast road trip, their first game back. So you thought maybe the Celtics would catch them a little bit slipping, a little bit tired or fatigued, but it was exactly the opposite. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and transition now to the Lakers game, which was just absolute chaos, you know, and I think as you talked about Golden State and the Clippers previous, you saw some of the old bad habits of Boston. So they still have like hints and tints of, you know, of those kind of things that made them struggle to begin last year specifically. And then some of those demons, as you saw against even the Warriors in the finals, but in this Lakers game, all right, Last game of the trip, you're trying to get back home, kind of get through it. A rivalry game, still on. Was it? It was on TNT or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's the Lakers, right? So you're going to get their best effort. But I remember us discussing that was a game you were least concerned about <laughs> last yeah. week, you know, of it. And you know, the Boston Celtics seemed like they were handling business. Then all of a sudden, they go from up 20-22 to down 13, and then make a miraculous comeback. And then are able to kind of pull it out in overtime where Tatum was struggling in those first two games, drops 44, I believe, you know, against the Lakers. Jalen solid yet again, you know, kind of throughout. And really just kind of it's a heartwarming win to some degree because you had to pull it out. But the pessimist in me is kind of like it shouldn't have been that difficult, especially no, when, you know, no. you had the game in control and then really let go of the rope and had to, you know, have miraculous comebacks on one hand. You're excited that they were able to be able to do that, show the mental fortitude and wash away some of the struggles from the previous two games. No timeout, Joe, or whatever he's being called right now. Let some runs go and and all of that. Your thoughts on the Lakers-Celtics game that went to overtime and ultimately went in Boston's favor, but just some of the struggles that you might have saw throughout it. Again, as you predicted, that shouldn't have been as difficult as it was. Yeah, Warren, I thought it was one of the bigger wins of the season and not because they beat the Lakers because the Lakers are not are down. They're 11-16. and 16. They're not, you know – uh, our Lakers or our brother's Lakers or our dad's Lakers. These guys are, you know, going to be struggling to make the play in. I thought it was good to end the trip because you didn't want to end the trip having been beaten by three Western Conference teams all on, you know, pretty much on national TV. I think the Clippers game was on NBA TV. So, uh, you know, the, the entire country was watching the last three games of this trip. And then obviously the Phoenix game was on ESPN. So, you know, the world was watching, you know, the NBA world, I would say. And you wanted to end that with a win. 
Um, the Lakers, I thought, were done, looked dead, down 81-61. But the things I saw of concern, Warren, was playing around with the game when you're up big. You know, Marcus pulling up the threes. Like, they started messing around with the game. And that's what would get you beat because it's those little mini runs, the 7 0, 6 1, you know, to, to bring a team from 18 to 12. Then suddenly, you know, th- bad things happen. And then it's six, then you're in a ball game. Like, that's how it happens. You know, the Lakers went on an 18 0 run, you know, I think it was uh, 86, sorry, 88 74. And then the Lakers scored 18 in a row to go up 92 88. I mean, they went on a 45 to 12 run. That's unprecedented. And to win that game, I think, says a lot. But that, like you said, it shouldn't have got to that point. Like, you got to put away a team that was discouraged. They were down. The crowd was like, oh, here we go again. The the home team is getting blown out. And then you just gave them a little glimmer of hope. And I just didn't like their, their, their reaction to the big lead. Bad offense, you know, chucking up threes. Trying to be cute, trying to show the LA crowd, look, we can shoot. We're gonna blow you. We're gonna blow you out by thirty now. Watch here. You know, here's Grant taking the three. Here's Blake taking the three. Here's Marcus with a pull up. They're like, no, stick to the game plan. Move the ball. Get the guys who can score in scoring position, and you know, finish these guys off to make it easier on yourself. Give the, so you can get the fourth quarter off. Everybody can rest and then head on back home uh, for a long homestand. Instead, you let LeBron and those guys. I thought the key, uh, Warren, was um, actually Lonnie Walker the fourth. Like mm-hmm. he had a couple of plays in that thing. Had a had a had a three in the corner and had a, like a breakaway layup, and it was just like, okay, it's now thirteen. Then the Celtics started botching their offensive possessions, uh, turn over the ball way too much just being careless, and then suddenly it was seven, and then the, the Lakers smelled blood, and then all of a sudden they took a 13-point lead. It's just, it was imp- it was in- unbelievable. But then you come, and, and it's 340 left. You're like, okay, these guys are done. This is going to be a horrible locker room to deal with. These guys are going to be, like, upset. Now this five, five-and-a-half-hour half hour flight home to think about their three consecutive losses, they look yeah. bad on three consecutive nights on national TV. Uh, you know, uh, in a three and three road trip when you start three and zero, oh, and then they just chip away and come back. AD misses those two free throws, Huge. and then then the Celtics became themselves again, and then took over. And the Lakers were gassed. I don't, you know, I was at the game, and you could just see the fatigue. Like Darvin Ham really wanted to win that game. I think he played LeBron and AD both forty plus minutes. Like. You know, especially LeBron. LeBron can do it, I think, for a strong 35, 36. You start getting into the 40s with him, and, you know, a couple of weeks from his 38th birthday, any any athlete at 37 years old is going to be sucking wind after playing 40-plus minutes. It just – that's the way it is. Yeah, you know, yeah. so I thought a good win considering the repercussions if they lost – and it gives them momentum to come home for their homestand. And now they can figure some things out with how to play with a lead, how to be a little bit more poised, not bitching at officials, and stop playing around when you have these big leads. They get to that globetrotter thing. Like, 
This isn't the Globetrotters. You're not playing the Washington Generals. Stop with the trick plays, with the improbable passes, with the no-lookers. You're trying to put on a show. Do not score. Beating them by 30 will, will be show enough. You don't need to put on a show like you're playing a bunch of amateurs. That's not how it's done. The NBA gods, the basketball gods will pay you back dearly for messing around with the game, and that's what happened. Yeah, I, th- I think those are all great calls there. You know, as Boston, as I alluded to in my outset, is it's a bittersweet win because it shouldn't have been as hard as it was, but at least they still got the dub and they showed able to some some fortitude and able to kind of pull it out. And again, basically salvage a trip. I think there's a lot of things you can pull from that, um, especially after being up as much as they were. So you just want to kind of close it out. And like you said, get that rest. Um, but if you start kind of disrespecting the game as they did, you know, that's what happens. And, you know, again, if AD doesn't miss those two free throws, like we're not having the same, the same conversation no. right now. So that really is, you know, fortuitous bounces, if you will, for, for Boston, but credit to them for being able to get it out. And, you know, Joe Mazzula, you know, trying to figure it out with his, with his team and roster. One thing will be said about that, you know, Holford didn't play, you know, so you're still, you know, kind of short staff there on, on the front court as well too. And Boston has been able to win without certain guys here too. So um, not, putting too much into that, so to speak. But, you know, with the Celtics now looking to potentially be fully healthy, maybe better days are still to come here, despite them still having the league's best record. So on the other side of this break, we'll talk about the upcoming games against Orlando Magic. But most importantly, I wanted everybody to know my guy, G. Washburn, was correct. Last week's show predicted that uh, Time Lord would return here Friday night against Orlando Magic. So um, as always, before we get to that, make sure you're following us on Twitter at G. Washburn Globe. Follow me at Shaw Sports NBA. Rate, review, subscribe. Follow everything on the Believe Network. And we'll be right back here on the other side of this break here by Believe in Celtics, brought to you by Online. And on this week's segment of Geno Time, we are discussing the return of Robert Williams. We'll also preview the two games, uh, the miniseries. I don't really like these things, Gary. <laughs> these miniseries um, against these team in the Orlando Magic. Um, but first, let's talk about Rob Williams returning. Uh, when did you know, you know, that uh, that, that it was going to be the case? You know, did you get some insight? Uh, I didn't get to see if you if you got to scoop Woj on this one or whatever. But, you know, I was at my I was at my full time job, but it came and I was like, man, look at. I knew Gary was going was on point with it. I get the news from Woj, but when did you know specifically that Rob would be back this Friday? Well, you, you you had the feeling that he was close, but as I said in on the road trip, the three high profile, high intensity games. I don't know if you wanted to bring Robert back for 15 minutes, you know, in a game that had a lot of just up and down, like mm. guys are going at it, you know, uh, in those Clipper Warrior Laker games. The Magic, though, nothing against the Magic. Obviously, they're a rebuilding team. They're, but it's at home. You just figured with a good break, uh, you know, Tuesday to Friday, they get they got two full days off. Robert probably has been working in the gym the last couple of days. Even though the team is off, he's probably been in the gym working in front of the trainers and the coaches, and, and you know, they determined he was ready. And I just knew that it was going to be a low-profile game it just it was a it's a perfect situation, Warren. Friday night game uh, against a, a, a kind of a struggling team. Not to say that they're going to coast, but it, it, you can you can test giving him 15 minutes, you know, and seeing hey maybe he's effective, maybe he's not effective as long as he's healthy. Over mm-hmm. throwing him in against the Warriors or against AD and the in the Lakers, 
you know, you, you, you put him in against a team that's, you know, that he can probably compete a little bit better with a lot of young guys in that Orlando team. So I thought it was a perfect situation. So I, I was heard about it today. And then obviously when the Celtics listed him as questionable, you figured, okay, as long as he, he goes to that pregame workout uh, tomorrow at the garden and comes out and says, Hey, no pain. I'm good. I think he's, he's, he's rare to go. And it's, it's a perfect situation. You know, no back-to-backs on this thing. So he can get days off. He can play. You know, may, will he get a game off or two? I'm sure he will. I'm sure they'll, they'll rest him for one of these games. But, you know, you, you, you look at the, the, the homestand, you know, two games against Indiana, sorry, uh, Orlando, then Indiana, then Minnesota, without Carl Anthony Towns. And then you got the big game against Milwaukee. So if you want him to play in that Milwaukee game, you need to get him some reps. Yeah. I think this, these four games are the perfect opportunity for them to get some reps. And then they can see what how they fare against the Bucks. Yeah, I'm excited to to kind of just see how it looks. And as we alluded to last week, like there's no reason to you know play him plus minutes right now. It is kind of get him out there, like you alluded to, get a feel for the game. You know, obviously step up on the defense, rebound, block shots, cap stops, or whatever the case may be. They don't run a lot of like initiate offense for him anyway, um, and just kind of yeah work your way back. And really, really hoping that he can make turn the defense around to some degree while they have played better. Um, we know he really is like the linchpin to that, obviously, alongside Marcus Smart, too. So Smart on the perimeter, you know, and Time Lord, they're kind of on, you know, in the backcourt, in the front court rather, protecting the rim. Um, Orlando's been playing good basketball, though. Yeah. Um, as yeah. we record now, four games. They actually won four straight, and this just seems bananas considering all the injuries that they've had as, a, as an roster, too. And they've just had people rotating in and out or they've been able to find a certain level of consistency now. So maybe not quite the, you know, cupcake game yeah. that Watson was hoping for, maybe yeah. even so a week or so ago. Um, but I think, you know, still you're the best team in the Eastern Conference, at least record-wise. You know, you go here and handle this, especially at home, and they've had a really, you know, uh, they've been really good at home, obviously, better, especially offensively. What do you feel in some ways is a barometer uh, like, how will you know that he's that he's that he's good to go in Robert Williams? Like, is it just just the look and feel, so to speak? Is there any is there anything statistically, you know, that you'd be looking for him to do? Um, or is it really just kind of the intangibles and really just seeing his impact defensively? You know, that's not irregardless of what the statistics may say for, in, in his minutes played. Yeah. Yeah. I think as long as he's pain free, getting up and down the floor, he's not favoring the leg. He's he, it, it looks strong. Um you know, I think that's a good positive sign. You know, he doesn't need to, you know, I don't need to see uh, five slam dunks or eight block shots. I don't need to see, you know, Shaq part two out there. Right. Just run up and down the floor, get a good sweat. You know, I'm sure he's going to get tired because there's nothing like playing in an NBA game. But as long as he's okay in terms of his physical conditioning and that knee is sound, I think those are both good signs. And then you'll get the production later. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, and, and hopefully we there are no setbacks. And, you know, again, they can just really ease him back into it. Blake has been solid in the minutes that he's need to play. Um, is Al supposed to be back this weekend? What are you hearing on there? Yeah, Al will be back Friday. Had some personal things, but uh, and, and, and out of the safety, health and safety protocol. So they will be full, except obviously Danilo Gallinari. They right. should be full. Um against the Magic. And the Magic, as you mentioned, were in a very interesting kind of up-and-down rocky season here. Like, they lost their first uh, – they lost seven of their first eight, then they win three of their next five, then they lose, we see here, uh, 11 of their next 12, 
<laughs> and then they win five and four in a row, including doing an Indian beat cupcakes here. Uh, overtime win against the Clippers, who just handed it to the Celtics. Right. Two home wins against Toronto, uh, you know, shows you a lot about, you know, them compete with the Raptors. And then a very impressive home win against the Atlanta Hawks where they scored 50 points in the first quarter. And they scored 135 for the game. So, like you said, Warren, this is not just Cupcake City here. Uh, this is not the, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the boys club or anything that you know the, the YMCA team. This is a this is a, a legit team um, with some good young players. Franz Wagner, the last couple Wagner, the last couple games, twenty four points, twenty three points, thirty four points, twenty five points. Like he is taking that next step as a second year player. Paolo Banchero playing well as a rookie. Um, you know, and and here's the storyline, Warren. That like. Bull Bull, remember, he was briefly a Celtic. Mm-hmm. Celtics kind of gave him to Orlando, you know, because no one knew really like he had that stint in Denver right before the bubble. And then he, you know, where he was just playing really good ball, showing his potential, hitting threes, running the floor, blocking shots. Then he got to the bubble and the Nuggets really didn't play him. I don't know what happened in Denver. Then he got hurt. He hurt his foot. Yep. And then, and then uh, you know, the Celtics made kind of a clap, uh, a cap-clearing trade with the Nuggets to get him. And then they traded in Orlando to clear some space. But now, I mean, in the, I think the Magic signed him to like a two-year, maybe, you know, nine million, a very cheap economical deal. And now he has blossomed uh, for that ball club. I mean, that is, that is just – that's the storyline that we must talk about. I mean, 12.7, 7.4 rebounds, 1.2 assists. I mean, this guy, you know, it's taken him some years. He's, but, you know, you know, these guys come out so young. He's only 23, you know, 1.8 blocks. I mean, he has just come out and been a, you know, 42.6% from three. You know, it doesn't take many threes, but he, when he does, he, he hits almost half of them, 60.4% from the field. So, um, that's one of those trades that maybe down the line the Celtics might regret because you you might have I think there was an injury. I remember him being and they're like, well, he's you know he's got the foot injury, but I think you would have liked to have seen them kind of see what they have in them. Maybe did they yeah. really have to trade him? I mean, was that essential to building their roster? You know, could you have could you have signed him to a little minimum deal, sent him to the G League, and then you know what would you have had in that guy? I, that's the intriguing part is that. You know, this guy looks like he could be a real cornerstone down there, you know, uh, and, and that's the thing. So that will be interesting to see, you know, I'll, I'm sure you know, we'll talk to Brad about that and we'll see uh, what the Magic think of him. But that's a player that, that a lot of people don't talk about uh, was a Celtic, and they kind of gave him away. There's also a guy, Moses Brown. Remember they got in that Oklahoma City trade. Uh with Kimba, and I thought, I mean, I don't know if you remember that game a couple of years ago, Warren, in a, uh, it was kind of uh, during a pandemic. Moses Brown had 19 rebounds in the first half against the Celtics when he was playing with the Thunder. Like, I have never, like, I've seen some incredible performances, Warren. <laughs> you know, I've seen some great players. I've never seen a guy pull down 19 rebounds in the first half. Like, he was literally Will Chamberlain out there. I mean, <laughs> I think he didn't play a whole second. I think he finished with, like, 25 or something like that. But it was like I could not believe, and you know, this <laughs> two pulled down nineteen boards in the first half, and 
he was briefly a Celtic, and I was like, why why not take a long look why at not, him? Yeah. You know, but they they moved him to Dallas, and now I think he's with the Clippers. Clippers, yeah, yeah. So you know, I mean, that that, that type of stuff happens. But you know, you see some of these guys that pass through Boston, the Max Struess and guys that you know have made it other places. But Bull Bull might be one that uh, they might regret down the road. Yeah, I would kind of tend to agree with you. I mean, and if you're paying attention to the NBA like you and I are, you know, Bull Bull is garnering, I think, some some most improved player conversation, Yo, totally. and you know, right now, and you know, is maybe the, even the leader in the clubhouse in that in that space. He didn't actually get to play for Boston per se. So I don't know if there's revenge game on, on the mind, yeah. but there still might be like, Hey, I could have been on this roster and, yeah. and you, and you gave up on me. And I agree with you there. Like I, and it's funny you mentioned the Moses Brown situation because maybe I'm a Moses Brown apologist. So to be, I understand he has a, he has a role to play in the NBA. You know, again, he's not a superstar or anything no. like that, but it could be a plus rebounder as you alluded to can block some shots and things like that too. It could, you know, very much spell, you know, at, at this page, would you rather have Moses Brown or Blake or Blake Griffin? Yeah. I think that's an actually I think that's actually an, an argument. Yes. But returning it back to Bowl Bowl, yeah, I was a little disappointed. I think you know, I was like, I was excited when they got. Him. I was like, ah, they they paid nothing to get him, and then they gave him up for exactly nothing as well too. Yeah. And I thought it was still a peculiar move for Orlando at the time, knowing that they have Jonathan Isaac to eventually return. Who knows if he does actually ever yeah. return? But then obviously, you know, Mo Bamba, who Mo I didn't Bamba. expect him to resign, and then Wendell yeah. Carter Jr. So yeah, they have a lot of like long rangey guys. Obviously, you know, John Horsley, that's what he loves out there, and then Orlando as well, too. But I, yeah, I feel like Boston might have just given up on him a little bit too early. So we should see over the course of this weekend what happens with Bowl Bowl and does he take out exactly any type of revenge or is it just another game? And and at the end of the day, it could be because he's playing well, right? Yeah. So I, I, there may not be anything special. It's just like that just might be who he is right now, especially, you know, again, you know, uh, what do you do like the last game? He took he got a rebound, took it coast to coast, yammed on somebody. You know, he's screaming all over the place. He's playing really great basketball. They yeah. got back now as well too. So these two games against Orlando are, are going to be um, – they're going to be a test. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're going to be a test. So Boston cannot take take anything lightly, despite being at home. Um, and the first game against Orlando was a struggle um, yeah. as well too. They barely they pulled that stop, one out. They couldn't stop the Magic. I mean, yeah. this is this is without Suggs. I think Suggs was hurt, but but you know they couldn't stop Banchero. They couldn't stop Wagner. They, I mean, they won one twenty six one twenty. So yeah, it was a shootout. And uh, yeah. you know, obviously, as we know, Warren like their defense and. <laughs> mid-October, late October was uh, light yeah. years from what it is now in terms of technique and execution. But, yeah, I don't think – I think they're smart enough not to take this – you know, remember Cole Anthony's back after missing some games with some injuries or whatever. Markel Fultz is back after missing uh, a good chunk of the first part of the season. So, you know, you, you never underestimate good, young, hungry teams, right? This is a big test for them. I mean, I'm sure their coach is like, listen, let's get one of these games, you know? Why do why do we got to get pounded? Let's not, yep. you know, we're not we're not chumps, you know. And coming off four wins in a row, now they're looking like, okay, you know, first you're like, okay, I guess they're headed for the Victor Wambayama speak sweepstakes, and now maybe not, you know, uh, you know, we'll see what happens in the lottery because I just I don't think they're a playoff team, obviously by any means, but right. um, they're a team that you can't sleep. You know, they beat the Warriors in, at home. Um, obviously two wins against Toronto beat the Clippers at home. So this is a team that will sneak up on you and beat you. 
Yeah, I agree with that one a thousand percent. And, you know, hopefully Boston will be up to the proverbial challenge here over the course of the weekend. Two games against the suddenly hot Orlando Magic. Um, and it's it's much different when you're now the hunted, right? You know, Boston, I think, you know, was able to sit back for a good majority of last year and then kind of turned it around as we've alluded to on the show already. But they've come out hot with a point to prove. And now people literally get up for them. You know, I, I watch, you know, League Pass all the time. And, you know, and it's like, oh, the Celtics are coming. To like, it's a highlight situation here yeah. for, for yeah. every team. So I think, you know, with the opportunity, especially with Rob coming back, Orlando's going to be like, great. You know, more incentive for us to, to, to beat y'all. Um, so hopefully Missoula will game plan. The defense will tighten itself up and Boston can continue to execute their offense at a high level, shooting the three ball in the way that they do. That will do it for this week's edition of Believe in Celtics. We'll be back next week to talk about Pacers, T-Wolves, and everybody else on the schedule and recapping hopefully what will be two wins. We're going to stay away from the predictions this week. You know, that got us in trouble. <laughs> we want no part of that right now. We'll just see how things go and, and pray that the Celtics play great basketball. He is Gary Washburn. Make sure, again, you follow him on Twitter at GWashburnGlobe. Follow me on Twitter at Shaw Sports NBA. And this has been another edition of Believe in Celtics. We will catch you next week. And don't forget, we're, we're sponsored by Bet Online. All right, y'all. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.